0: Hello, and welcome to Antidote with Rain Lawrence. Today, I talk to the absolute powerhouse, that is Nikita Stark. She has much in common with her badass namesake, Tony Stark. (laughs) I hope you don't mind me saying that. Um, She was the protege of the lovely Beverly Beach, who we sadly lost on Saturday, 25th of February, 2023. She's the representative for all things birth and maternity in the fantastic burgeoning new health service, the People's Health Alliance. If you haven't checked those out, do. Um, Her company, When Push Comes to Shove, supports the thousands of midwives who, seeing the abuse and trauma that they're expected to perpetrate in their industry, are removing themselves and who want to retrain in holistic birth support that promotes physiology and normality. Nikita recently spoke at the inaugural 2022 Better Way Conference which is billed as unveiling a better way for health, freedom and sovereignty and it will be on again in 2023 so um, look out for that. She also trains lay people to be birth witnesses through her Artemis Birth Attendant Academy which she co-created with award-winning midwife Angela Chamberlain. Welcome Nikita. Hello Rain, how are you? Thank Thank you for having me. You're so welcome, I'm super excited because um, yeah we've been, this has been a long time in the Pipelines, doesn't it? Well, I think we arranged in October to do it today. And I know, I, wish I wasn't so busy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess it's a good thing in a sense, because if you weren't busy, it would mean that your message isn't getting out there, and it absolutely evidently is. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so I've been grappling lately with the question of when, or if, or where this supposed heyday for traditional midwifery was. So did it exist or are we romanticizing and idealizing a period that never happened? When I first started embracing my interest in um, pregnancy and birth in about 2017, I, um, as many of us did, read Ina May Gaskin's uh, Spiritual Midwifery. And I thought she and the farm are like the bee's knees. And if we could just return to that that model and that philosophy will be OK and will be serving women and babies properly. But now I'm finding her legacy a little more problematic problematic. I've also read the professionalisation of birth work. Um, um, sorry, the professionalisation. What's it called? A Midwife's Tale, an oral history from handy woman to professional midwife. Um, and that's about the professionalisation of birth work in England at the turn of the century. Um, And it seems that as early as the 1900s and indeed from its very inception in this country, midwifery has been about influential, influential aristocrats wanting to get their hands on a medical career and the status and wealth that goes with it and not about what's best for pregnant women. So how do you feel about this? Is there a past model that worked and that we should aspire to rejuvenate or is it just we need to completely rebrand, restart, refabricate what it means and what it is to be a midwife?
1: That's a really interesting question. And I don't think there's an actual answer, but I'm just going to spitball here. Right. <laughs> no, there wasn't a perfect model. I don't think there was. Because to say that, that means that we we're not actually evolving in, in consciousness. So, of course, we're evolving in consciousness. Things change. And then we have to. It's about returning to love every time, understanding the greater consciousness. Now, I think. If you're going to come close to a perfect model of birth, it's actually taking the way of an idea that there is a model at all and, mm. and labelling it. Then it should be look like this and it should look like that. If you read Judith, Judith Goldsmith's book, um, um, my goodness, it's about birth in indigenous cultures. And the name has totally escaped me. Uh, childbirth, childbirth knowledge from around the world, something mm-hmm. like that. I'm so sorry, I
0: can't remember oh, it. My that's brain right. engine, we will research it and it will be in the show notes.
1: <laughs> so that book basically states that in indigenous cultures around the world, if the tribes are nourished, they're not in survival mode, they don't have problems in birth. It's almost non-existent. Now, mm-hmm. I think the fact that we have to have a model of what looks like or what it's meant to look like, I think that's probably our biggest flaw.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. I think <clears throat> the whole mi- midwife should do this, and you know it should be governed by this. I think that's a, a flawed premise. I think basically women should be governing what's going on with midwives, and I want you to do this or not to do this. It it, it shouldn't have this black and white. Yeah.
0: This really what has it's
1: to happen? Sense. It should be feeling centered, and go with the flow. Now, yes, of course, with that will will come issues. There, are not everyone has mental capacity. But with risk of sounding like an utter hippie, I think the reason we're in this mess is because we've forgotten who we are. If everyone actually aligned with their true nature and remembered their divine feminine and actually had an understanding of the collective consciousness, we wouldn't need to be sitting here debating what the maternity system should look like. We would be listening to our true nature and remembering instinct, and there wouldn't be rules. There wouldn't need to be rules. Now that's a, a bit of a an ideological sort of scenario, and I think we're probably a few hundred maybe thousands of years off for, to evolving into that with you know letting go of ego and all that. Maybe I'm wrong. But I basically, in short, the answer to your question, I don't know. I don't know if there's a perfect model. To say there is a perfect model suggests that birth should look a certain way. Mm. So I don't know. Now, interestingly, people keep talking about when we get back to the word midwife, which means with woman, maybe a few people don't realize this. The word midwife was coined when men started attending births because before men started attending births, there was no word for a man who attended a birth. They used to be known as obstetrics. That was the word for midwife. And then men started getting involved and they had to find a new word when they used mi- midwife with woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> it's, suspected. it's not as black and white as like, oh, you know, we used to have this wonderful traditional profession that they didn't do any harm and they knew exactly how to support and women were respected and it was this blissful heyday. No, that's not probably ever... Yeah. That. no i, I think we you know if you look back to
1: birthing process in the early 20th century i mean that's that's a good model but to say it's a perfect model isn't so because you know even if you were high risk and you, it, you still didn't get the service you really needed you know they didn't understand too much about hygiene back then and th- there were problems in every single model is what i'm saying and to create a perfect model i don't think it even needs to be a question i think that the, the thing going forward is to actually listen to our true nature and remember who we are and listen to what women want rather than a, a, a checklist I don't think that's helpful I can't imagine it's helpful for any woman oh you want this birth do you well you've got to make sure you tick this box because when we get rid of that we're actually woman-centered not yes. system-centered so to say there needs to be a perfect model should look like that no it's it's not like that I think it's, it's not an idea people will be able to grasp unless we all start coming together with growing in consciousness. Mm. I'm sure I've lost quite a few of you already, but
0: that's fine. No, I, yeah, I get it. it, just, it takes, <laughs> it's going to take a huge cultural shift because yeah. at the moment women probably don't even know what they want for a birth because they don't know what is available and what is possible. They just have this very narrow vision that they've been fed through their conditioning and through the media
1: yeah
0: um so yeah the chances of them actually expanding that out and getting what they actually want it's not going to happen because there's just this very narrow spread available yeah. um it's interesting that you mentioned the indigenous populations because i think that that's somewhere that we often look and we think that they're this you know we valorize that side of things so we say that the low tech indigenous practices that haven't been like bastardized by um, technological advances, maybe that's where it is. And then it's it's kind of this unhelpful dichotomy between this Western capitalist advanced high tech version. And then this like archaic, dirty, non-scientific degenerate one, which actually it's not like there's only there's that or that, you know, there's a spectrum, isn't there in between
1: absolutely it it, does it does it need to have this question like
0: it should be this or that probably not just women centered will do but then again so I guess then the question is in the UK at least let's stick there because we're probably both most familiar with that have we ever I mean actually I'm even answering my own question as I ask it because if we look at um what are they called the the women that were in I think it was Hackney and they had a tiny little practice and their levels of home birth and their levels of safe um oh the albany the albany midwives so if we look at that that is kind of if we could recreate that on a larger scale then that would be starting to look like something to aspire to so women are safe women are attended by people they know women are Having physiological births, prime—you uh, know—the majority of the time. Um, I guess that's looking more. But
1: there's only so much we can do with that model because, again, it all starts from even before you get pregnant. So it's you know the the safety outcomes are. It's multifaceted. You know, there's. We all know that you've got to be healthy and you've got to nourish your body, but what about the mother wound? What about that? What about the spiritual legacy from mother after mother after mother? Because how can you go through pregnancy and childbirth with a perfect outcome when you've got so many blocks? So yeah, we can do stuff on the outside, you know, present good environments and teach women about nutrition. But I think until we get down to the nitty gritty of understanding our emotional, spiritual blocks, We'll still have a long way to go. But that's fine. That's working progress. That's what evolution's all about, you know, spiritual, emotional. And I don't think many people really understand the idea and the, the true concept of, of wellness is actually based on mind, body, and soul. It's, you know, they, they focus usually on one just one thing, body. Mm. And then furthermore, on every single one of those points, as in mind, body, and soul, disease is only caused by by three things, which is toxicity deprivation and trauma so you can have all three on the level of mind body and soul and if we, until we start really understanding that and exploring that and helping women with their trauma so when someone gets pregnant and you know their body is showing them that they've got terrible hyperemesis they keep vomiting all the time it may not just be a physical problem what's going on what are the emotional blocks what's happened to your mother your grandmother in childbirth or not even childbirth abuse that's a legacy Has it happened to your mum? Has it happened to your grandmother? What are you carrying? And Mm. are you going to cut the ties or are you going to carry the legacy on? But this is a huge discussion that will happen over the next few hundred years. And there will start to be a shift. There is a shift now. People are starting to understand and respect the whole spectrum Mm. rather than just focusing on one thing. And, And more to the point, forgetting that they need to focus on one thing. And it's so, it's so open, like, my gosh, to say this one model fits that one. No, because there are so many different types of people who have got an emotional trigger or a spiritual legacy they're carrying forward or an illness. How can one model work when there are so many variables within health?
0: Mm, we're so unique, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've looked at Gurdjieff. I don't know. I think he was an Iranian philosopher. Could be wrong. Mm-hmm. He, when I, I was reading him years ago and it's very dense and it was too much to be honest but I remember one line of his book that I was just like oh my god and I've never forgotten it and he was saying that we're so unique each individual human is so unique as to be almost like a species all their own kind of thing so yeah when if you think about it like that and it really resonated with me I felt like that felt very true like if that is the case we're like seven billion you know i'm one of seven unique species species so yes it's it's not going to be one size fits all
1: So that's why one answer will not fit all and it has to be woman-centered
0: yeah like it's it's definitely i'm definitely seeing the shift that you mentioned um but i'm also wondering like so i'm on the steering group for the association of radical midwives they've been going since 1976 attempting to reform and improve midwifery services in this country from the inside out. You know, it's an organisation primarily made of midwives and student midwives. And honestly, it seems to be perhaps in the worst state that it's ever been. Do you feel like that's like a good step, a good and necessary step, whereby it peters out entirely and we get to build on brand new? Or do you think there is scope for trend, uh, for reforming the current way that we we do birth?
1: No, the system works perfectly well for the system. I think I knew your answer. (laughs) You know, it's not going to work for the women birthing in it, but the system works perfectly well for the system. And from what I've learned over the years, you know, I tried to change the system from the inside. It doesn't bloody work. But there's no point, in my opinion, instead of criticising and then focusing on what you don't like and then being surprised when you see more of what you don't like, don't criticise, create. That's why I made When Push Comes to shove. So we now have an alternative maternity structure. You don't have to go with them. We can come with us. Or we help you navigate the system. We've now got nearing 200 birth practitioners in eight countries. So... Which
0: comes to shelf? These are... Yeah. yeah. Amazing.
1: So the, the idea was, instead of me sitting there and criticising the system and saying you should be doing this and the other, it's not my business. Mm. I'm just created. And do you know what? There was an amazing interview I saw, and it really resonated with me on a spiritual level. There was a woman who was 105 years old and she was being interviewed and they asked her the question, what's the key to longevity? And she said, minding my own business. And I thought that was blinding because it's true. When we do mind our own business and we focus on what we are creating, we don't need to micromanage what everyone else is doing in order to be okay. When we just focus on our own center of well-being and what's good for us and create rather than criticize, everything Mm -hmm. has a ripple effect now i'm not here to say don't use the nhs you can if you want i'm here to go here are your options i'm not here to say have a free birth in the woods you know with a fire and whatever rituals i don't care give birth how you want to give birth it's none of my business i'm just here to go do you know you've got this option and that option and if you would like us to help you navigate the system here's a birth attendant in your area here's one in your area yeah. And it's about personal choice. We also specialise in human rights and understanding how the system works. So if you do decide you want a toe in the system, we can go, do it like this, your choice. What would you like to do? Here are, here's our advice on navigating the system. Totally up to you. But everything is the same at when push comes to shove. Everything is centred around love. I train doulas, doctors, midwives, and physiological birth. But our courses are all centered around self-development and love because you can't go out into the world fearful and then expect things to go correctly for the woman you're supporting. You've Mm. got to leave your judgment and your your preconceptions in the rearview mirror has to come from love. This is why I always say I don't want to train everyone. I want to train the right people. Mm. So when they come through to the courses, we're making sure that they have the tools to become the best person they can be and grow every day. Because if they are working on their self-development, there is a ripple effect to others around them. And it's all love-centred. It's, it's such a hippie thing to say, but it's true. The only way we're going to go forward in anything in life is if we change from fear and shift that fear to love and make our decisions from love, not fear.
0: Yeah. Some of the most unpleasant, self-inflicted moments of my life have been when I'm like using my mind to judge other people and to just nosy around in somebody else's situation that I have absolutely no like reason or need to be in and say yeah you're right like mind your business
1: yeah I mean even I I notice it all the time my husband's really good at this if I'm like you're right and he answers yeah and I ask him again he's like mind your own business I'm like yeah all right <laughs> that's very good advice so, like in my own business.
0: Do, you, do you not have enough crap that you could be getting on with and dealing yeah. with yourself yeah exactly. actually yes i do
1: <laughs> exactly just focus on you that doesn't mean to say that you know you ignore other people's pain or anything like that i always feel the best way you can help another human being be in birth or any situation is you vibrate at the very highest level you can you don't go down to someone else they come to you you vibrate on a very high energy a beautiful vibration and you remember who you are that's how you help other people you don't focus on the pain and the poverty because you're giving it more attention and it will keep appearing yeah you focus on doing the very best you can with your life and serving the world in the best way you can with love without succumbing to the fear really really hard to get the hang of Mm-hmm. not saying it's piece of piss it's not it's really difficult sometimes but it's mastery over your mind and your body and your soul you know you go to the gym and train every day you don't just go once and say right i'm buff now i'm done it's a work in progress the same with the mind and the soul so when the negative thoughts come in you change you change the conversation with yourself you change the dialogue with yourself it's mind mastery it's resistance training same with on the spiritual the soul level you know every day take some time to just be I always say it to women who are about to birth when you're in labor you need to be the epitome of a human being not a human doing not a human becoming you just are so if you can find some time every day just to listen to the sound, I don't know, the, the sound your fridge makes or an air conditioning unit, just to hear the, the present moment and just be, even if it's for 20 seconds, and then at least you can find neutrality. You know, it's a work in progress. And I, I don't have all the answers. All I know is what's working for myself and for my, my organization. And it does seem to be from this love thing you know just change your focus from fear to love and you will start seeing the ripple effect that doesn't mean to say if someone's being an absolute asshole to you you go up and give them a cuddle he can in fact that might disarm them but it's how I am i going to know <laughs> <laughs> you might think okay, okay well you know what here's what i've learned especially through the maternity system inside every confrontational scary adult is a scared child so fine, let them get on with it, have your boundaries, be assertive, but you don't have to let them affect what's going on in your life, it's really hard when, you know, physical things happen, and you're witnessing physical things, it's hard to have that mind mastery, because you can see it, right, and it's painful, but, you know, it when you're speaking to someone else who's fearful, come from a place of love, that doesn't mean to say, can I come to your house, I'll bring you some flowers, no, it's just, that basically they're holding up a mirror to you mm. i found that every time i get uncomfortable with someone they're holding up a mirror to me i'm like well what what am i not liking about myself in this situation i'll give you a perfect example i was in um, glastonbury at the chalice wells and my daughter was crying and someone was walking past grabbing their ears going oh god shut her up and this is a place of peace and meditation i went "The children are not welcome here And she goes, yes, but she's making a noise and I'm trying to meditate. And I triggered and I went, well, you're doing it wrong because the idea of meditation is to be at peace no matter what's going on around you. So you're doing it wrong. (laughs) And then I got really triggered and I started giving her lip. And then she was getting really annoyed. And I went, well, you know what? My daughter's showing her frustration. You're showing yours and I'm showing mine now. Fuck off. And I cried because of the way I dealt with it. And all she'd done is put a mirror in front of me. I did not deal with her from love. I dealt with her from fear. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. I could have been much kinder, but instead the adrenaline went because I'm being attacked and I'm in survival mode. So I get all gobby. That was awful. And I spent the rest of the day so upset with myself that I handled that like that. I was not happy and I thought right okay lesson learned make your decision from love next time not fear
0: (laughs) it's such a training ground isn't it every day we're given something that we can work with and we either handle it one way or the other and deal with the consequences um am I super like am I really really unevolved that I actually this I guess I get a kick out of doing things like that like it's almost like some part of me enjoys being angry and letting it rip even when it's on someone else who perhaps didn't deserve it you know I don't have that guilt that you had after I I have this more like oh that was quite nice actually I don't know maybe I've had to suppress anger in my childhood so now I'm like any opportunity I get to get let let the lid off a bit it like I don't know am I just tell me I'm super uninvolved and we can move no I don't
1: think that at all I think (laughs) I think that's a reaction from trauma because I used to experience the same thing, I used to love that, I used to absolutely love that, because it felt like a release for me, Mm. and it was a misguided release, but I used to do that all the time, and I felt good, and I had no remorse about it whatsoever, and it's not saying that you should feel remorse, you're at the stage of your journey that you're at, and there's no competition, there's no you should be here, and you should be here, that is what's making you feel good, you either reevaluate your values, or you don't. Mm. And you you will keep behaving and doing things in a way that serves you until it no longer serves you. So no one should be judging you, including yourself, by the way, because, you know, there are people in this world that are paid to criticize. You don't need to add to it. (laughs) So Be kind to yourself. You don't need to judge yourself. You know, and if you feel good, you feel
0: good. So what? You can yeah, do those things. It feels like I think I get more icky from the fact that it felt good. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, why? Why did? Why do you enjoy that? Like,
1: so you're questioning what you think <laughs> you should be experiencing? Yeah,
0: I'm questioning if I should be allowed to enjoy being angry and expressing anger. I'm like, well, yeah.
1: You're feeling what you're feeling. It's good. I mean, you know, resisting feelings, no, not so good. Mm. If you're in a resistant state. You're asking for more things to come in that you don't like. But just accepting what you're feeling is a really good thing. And it's good for spiritual and emotional development. I'm feeling angry right now. That's how I'm feeling. And you can reflect on that or you can just move on. It's mm. totally your decision. There's no wrong or right way. It just is. That's how you handle things. And you yeah. keep doing it in that way until it no longer serves you.
0: Absolutely. And I guess you can play around with it as well and be like, right, usually I would do this. But let's see what happens and how I feel and how you know, life approaches me when I do it differently. And if it's better, then you can say, oh, well, maybe we'll try that more often. Well, but- yeah,
1: you just you you kind of, uh, the gauge is how you feel. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. does it feel when I'm saying these words? How does it feel when I'm doing this action? If it doesn't feel right, and sometimes it cannot not feel right because you're not used to it, mm. or you've been taught you have to do things in a different way. But really, when you engage with your true nature, you'll know the difference. Women are really good at this. Because you know what, in 15 years of being in the profession, I've never seen a woman's instinct wrong. I've yeah. seen them in their heads. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure, did the baby move? I'm not sure, I'm not sure. That's that's being in your head. But I've never seen a woman's instinct wrong, ever. Mm, and yeah. Women know, like it's in relationships. They always say that, you know, I'm, I'm generalising here and I don't mean to offend anyone. They say that women will stay in a relationship until they are unhappy and leave. Men will stay until they find another right that that tends to be the same right but i think the reason women do that is because women have a much easier time of connecting their their knowing in their brain with their knowing in their heart so well intelligence and their wisdom they can connect when they've made a decision they'll move on but Mm. because men are more logical it's more difficult for them not all it's more difficult for them to kind of reach that and on that note intelligence and wisdom this is what I see is the issue within the maternity system in any system there's Mm. a malignancy in consciousness right and if you are if the system are walking around thinking right I'm in my head here I've got to think you've got to act like this this person has to have this guideline in order to for the system to work well together and you've got this ailment in pregnancy so it makes you this that and the other that's intelligence at play right that's ego that's a good thing we've been involved to have this ego for good reason it's intelligence it's working with problem solving etc etc but and there is a big big but intelligence without wisdom is dangerous Mm -hmm. you don't ignore one or the other you have to work with it and we can see the people in the world that do that and you can see how they're unaffected by people's opinions, they just go and do their work because they listen to their wisdom and their wisdom allows them to listen to their head and understand and guide. But if you're just gonna keep going on one thing, i.e. intelligence and all the doctors and all the science are saying this, that and the other, and you ignore your wisdom and your inner guidance system, it's dangerous, it's so dangerous. Because it's that that causes women to be transferred for no reason, or to not be transferred for a good reason. Yeah. If you ignore your intuition and your gut, or you tell the mum she's not allowed to listen to hers, that's dangerous.
0: Yeah, it feels like we've been on that intellectual um, intelligence train for God, maybe maybe hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. Do you see the wisdom coming in now? And you know, we've got some major planetary shifts. I don't know if you're into astrology. We've gone hippie, so I'm gonna go full hippie. I'm gonna up your hippie. <laughs> Over it. um i think it's is it Pluto's moving and saturn's moving and it's supposed to be heralding massive shifts do you see them happening globally and do you see them happening in birth yeah i do and i've got the statistics to prove it good
1: because our 2022 statistics compared to the national average is just outstanding a hundred percent of our yeah, so if you if if you gave birth with Wempish Comes to Shove Birth Keepers last year, 100% of you gave your children human milk. Wow. 100% of those women who birthed with us had spontaneous vaginal labour, but there was no C-sections or inductions booked in. 78% gave birth at home. What? 30, 38% had a free birth. Only 4.2% of them birth in lithotomy and only 4.2% I think it's 4.2 I can show you my actual statistics I'm just trying to remember them right now only 4.2 had any um, stretch and sweep or anything like that and not one person that birthed with when Bush comes to shove last year had an instrumental delivery mm-hmm. and only 11% emergency c-section
0: that's absolutely bloody amazing. And it's not, I'm, I'm acting surprised because I know what the system's statistics are. I'm not surprised because I know that birth works and that if women are supported in the right way and largely left alone as well, they they yeah. can do this without incident or complication, you know. But that's bloody amazing. Keep it up, darling. Good work. Yeah. Well,
1: Beverly, Beverly did keep on at me about that. She goes, you collect those statistics and she's, also given me some research that she wants me to do about miscarriage and several other things but i'll publish that when i publish it and uh, like
0: a long-range goal isn't it i guess
1: yeah but i've got a strict instruction of what statistics and data i have got to keep taking through out my time on this journey in the birth world
0: yeah yeah because i mean without the evidence I mean, even with the evidence, we're still, this. the system is still doing insane stuff that we know categorically we shouldn't be doing, but at least if we have the evidence, we can always pull it out when needed.
1: Yeah, not that they care. I mean, we've got enough evidence to suggest that certain things of late are quite dangerous, but that still goes on doesn't
0: it and routinely yeah (laughs) um so speaking of lovely beverly beach you had the absolute honor and privilege of being tutored by her um how did that come about when did you commence your tutelage? what was the nature of it um as you know i've dabbled in the appalling abusive training uh that you is offered by universities and that you're required to be a midwife in this country Um, and honestly I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy so I'm sure that training with Beverly was very different to that system do you have any stories about Beverly you'd like to share and yeah tell us all about that that part of it
1: it was never um, a formal training or anything like that. It kind of just evolved, but that's how my whole career's happened. I've tried several times to to train formally. I tried with midwifery. I hated that. I left. I, I did a doula course, but that still didn't feel right for me. I went to med school. Bullets have left guns slower. I was like, oh, God, this is awful. And I left. It's not for me. So I've had informal training through various people I've learned on the job, and I suppose I'm a traditional birth attendant. Not that a label helps, but I'm with women most certainly. I, I met Beverly 14 years ago um, after I would trained uh, to be a doula. And we just, most of our relationship back then was on the phone because I'd speak to her about. Uh, you know little sticky situations my clients would find themselves in and the one of the very first things she ever said to me and it was so funny i had a client who was very short and her obstetrician told her she was too short to give birth and oh, that nonsense <laughs> I was very green at the time and I knew inside and my wisdom was telling me the doctor was talking utter shit Mm -hmm. but I thought I need the evidence to prove that so my client doesn't feel scared and I can show her or get more to the point get her to ask the right questions to a consultant because it's not there's no point on giving people an alternative listen to them or listen to me no they're the people that are meant to be the bosses so you ask them the right questions that's what I've learned from Beverly but anyway I spoke to Beverly and I told her what the consultant said and she went, Nikita, what do Shetland ponies give birth to? And I said, Shetland ponies, and she, she went, ta-da! <laughs> oh,
0: that's brilliant.
1: <laughs> so, and it kind of evolved from there. And she's she's taught me everything I know, especially with Am I Allowed? And I I have managed to fine-tune my method of helping people to get the agenda that they want so for example if they're told they have to be induced or they need a repeat c-section or they can't do this because their social services will be called I have managed to really get a a, a beautiful formula there to meet our agenda which is they have to listen to the client and we have a 100% effectiveness rate on that so Mm -hmm. far. But Beverly has taught me all of this. I have spent many an hour just sitting there like that, listening to her, and she's my she was my friend. Mm. She was my daughter's godmother. I'm very proud to say, and yeah, it's been an incredible journey, and I'm I'm very lucky that I got to spend so much time with her, and I'm honoured, although bittersweet, that she was, she wanted to pass the baton on to me.
0: Yeah, gosh, that must be quite an, uh, quite a baton. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, good luck with that. And obviously, you know, that you're not alone in that. Um, There'll be plenty of us to support and, yeah, assist.
1: Yeah. Well, what, what she wanted, so, I will be writing any further edition, if am I allowed? Um, with uh, checks from Nadine Edwards, Dr. Nadine Edwards. So when I've written the new editions, I will send it her way, she can check, and we can kind of make sure it's correct and what Beverly would want. Um, I had a frank conversation with Beverly about two weeks ago. And I said, I will carry on your legacy with every beat of my proud heart, but I'm doing it my way. And she said, Okay. I explained what that was. Mm. Um, I'm not fighting, I'm creating. It's different. Mm. But, you know, informing women is so important. And she has changed thousands of lives. And without her, there would be of Ames wouldn't be famous or in fact it's weird to say famous because most people don't even know it exists otherwise <laughs> they wouldn't be in the situation they were but you know I suppose in an echo chamber everyone knows who Aims is if they're in yeah. the work world
0: mm-hmm.
1: but Beverly has selflessly over the years helped countless women and up until very recently we were still working together she was the ambassador for When Push Comes to shove. she supported it and um Gave me the confidence to do it. When I doubted myself and I got imposter syndrome, she's like, keep going. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Um, And then I'd get complicated cases, you know, social services. Beverly would help. She still does help me because even recently, I got a call the other day about a case. And the, th- the first thing I do is, well, what would Beverly do? Mm. so she still will help me she will continue to help me
0: absolutely panel your inner beverly
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh fantastic thank you for sharing that you're Welcome. um so what is the biggest challenge it oh sorry actually let me think about um something you said there yes yeah, so you're talking about the this difference between fighting the current system and you know being anti and opposing and versus creating something brand new and just turning away and doing your thing over here Do you, did, was Beverly kind of in both camps throughout her life or was she just a fighter or
1: she was a fighter
0: just a creator okay
1: yeah she was a fighter she offers of course she was a creator otherwise she wouldn't have come up with her beautiful book and she wouldn't have you know helped develop aims as it was that mm. but, but she understood that there needed to be another way but Beverly's hand in it was to challenge the system and to get women to take responsibility for their health and for Mm. their choices that was I think that was Beverly's ultimate goal is to say you can't change any system unless the people using it decide to change I think that was where she was coming from Mm. and yeah she would challenge the system all the time she'd go and speak to midwives and doctors I mean I she once there was an obstetrician that said to her there's nothing you can tell me about birth that I don't know and it was a bloke. and she went, how many babies have come out of your vagina? <laughs> and then, yeah she's awesome <laughs> And then apparently that doesn't matter he he didn't he didn't need to have that in order to know everything about birth and he said, well, I've been working in this hospital for such and such years, and she said the best thing that she could ever have said at that point. He was basically getting at, he understands birth because he sees it day in day out, and Beverly could easily see that he all he could see was hospital birth. And she said, "Sir, you cannot understand the behavior of birds by observing them in a zoo." Mm-hmm. Oh, she went. I was like,
0: "Yes, oh, victory!" <laughs> Beverly (laughs) yeah it's so true isn't it that's all they say say. oh dear um yeah fantastic she sounds amazing what is the biggest challenge that midwives who retrain in holistic birth um so often when they're they've you know they've had this career and they want out and they come to you and push comes to uh sharp mid is it still called the midwife lifeboat course yeah,
1: that... so yeah the midwife lifeboat course is for transition from midwife to birth keeper yeah
0: right yeah so what is the main challenge that those midwives when they're retraining faced do you notice anything particular that they just can't
1: yeah fear. It just a it, it, it,
0: it's just hmm. all
1: fear so they're used to working in a certain way uh one one thing being they're used to a paycheck every month, and again, fear, they are fearful that they will not have a safety net when really they are their their own safety net. So they have to get around, we we really heavily focus on relationships with money. So they have the empowerment, just like we hold space for women in birth, we're holding space for midwives who want to make that transition and go, well, look, here are the tools. We don't just train you and and bugger off, Mm. we mentor you for the whole thing. And I'm so proud to say that not in a midwife lifeboat course alone, in the doula course, everything else, 60% of women who train with us within three months are offered work directly through us. So that's an insanely high number. Great, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Version. So yeah. because we get so many phone calls, so many emails, I need a birthkeeper or doula in this area, in that area, we'll offer you work. And mm-hmm. and the, I can tell the ones that are going to succeed because they come in with a blank slate. They forget everything they've learned, but... We're not here to teach granny to suck eggs. We know you already know physiological birth, but what we do know is you are used to stepping in and stepping in and putting your hands on and and leading to believe that you are here to save the day. You are not here to save the day. That's the woman. And you're here to listen to her and what she wants to do. And you are there to say, well, this can happen. This can happen. What do you want to do? You're not there to intervene and take the power away from anyone. Is a fine balance and it's not that black and white they are very very fearful of well what if this happens and what that happens but what i found from the the women that have trained with us the very things they were fearful about they're just not seeing anymore Mm -hmm. but that's only because they're doing the work with themselves and then they're attracting clients into their lives that are doing the same thing it's like a cosmic sieve
0: (laughs) don't call me that oh no (laughs) i'm a cosmic sieve sometimes (laughs)
1: Oh, I think we all
0: are, aren't we? And yeah, we kind of need to get better at. We, we need to get smaller holes. Fine <laughs> <We all need laughs> <to have> small <laughs> holes that only let
1: the glorious in. <laughs> well, we are. We let whoever we're asking to let in. And I think, wouldn't it be really good if every single person that we came in contact with in our lives had a little badge that said, "I'm your vibrational match."
0: <laughs> that would make it easy. You'd remember, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, <laughs> you'd be, be like. like oh. I better not call you what I was about to call you (laughs) Um, So it must be quite difficult to write a birth attendant course like you and Angela have So because obviously now we're seeing that birth attendance is kind of a little bit of a tricky like legal grey area Because obviously you don't want to be accused of attending a birth and posing as a midwife Mm -hmm. So it's like you know you're not supposed to really do anything clinical as a doula yeah you're going to be taking people's blood pressures or offering vaginal examinations so what what do you actually teach in your artemis birth birth attendant academy
1: well we teach natural normal birth we don't teach any clinical skills we can teach you what to look out for mm-hmm. um but we don't teach anyone to intervene we teach you that it's your responsibility to take responsibility for yourself and it's your client's responsibility for them to take responsibility for their health that how they navigate their medical care so we're not here to say, look, ditch your clients or anything like that. But we it's very, very clear. You do not do any clinical practice. And also, we don't just teach you that. We teach you the legal stance as well. What is the definition of acting as a midwife? I mean, right now, it's like ignore exactly what the woman wants and just say, no, I'm not coming to your home birth. That could be the definition of a midwife right now. But mm. uh, uh, aside from the jokes, we have to know exactly how you're operating. You're not there to start intervening and going oh i'm here to save the day i brought my bp machine no you're there to actually help life well welcome life into the world with the mother but being there as a wise presence and just showing her love Mm. and going in with an open mind and an open heart you're not there to save the day you're not there to put your hand inside someone that's not what we're teaching we are teaching across the spectrum like literally everything you can imagine in a in a year's course so yeah we teach you physiological birth history of the midwife the history of the birth attendant we teach cranial osteopathy Mm -hmm. Um, we teach marketing so you under we can't just teach you and leave you and think oh we could do your business yourself you might know nothing about it you might know not know how to be an entrepreneur so we teach you seo how to optimize your website okay so yeah it's
0: really broad
1: it is broad We teach about vaccinations. We've got Jacqueline Dunn on there. We've got homeopathy, naturopath doctors, huge spectrum. So you understand what to look out for. But then again, it's still not your call to say, right, you have to transfer. Mm. It's about holding space for a woman, saying these things could happen. But, you know, it's not, again, we're not teaching a black and white model. We are just teaching you on a level of spiritual how to be with another woman using yourself as self-development and if you have that beautiful connection with your true nature you'll have a ripple effect on whoever's around you we've got amazing people teaching on the course we've got a psychotherapist and a shaman Mm. it's it's across the board and the idea is to try and change the world through birth if you've got a nice amazing birth attendant who who knows your family, who goes through the whole pregnancy process, you've then got a friend, a friend who will support you and not tell you what to do, not bully you. They will help your wishes come to fruition, whatever whatever they can do. They can't obviously guarantee that will happen, but they will help you to achieve the birth that you are aiming for. They're not gonna tell you, right, you've got a transfer now or don't transfer now, it's totally up to you. Yeah, we teach normal birth and what looks normal, but we also say, well, you know, these are obstetric scenarios, that's not for you to do, but understand them. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you a load of um, clinical abbreviations, obstetric abbreviations, so you understand. So if you're in a hospital with a woman supporting her, you'll understand what they're talking about. Yeah, things like that. It's so, it's so broad. I, I wish I could describe the essence of the course in words. It's very difficult.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds really, really good because I think, yeah, especially with the marketing side, like a, most, I mean, I I trained as a doula more than five years ago now, but most of them at that time were very cursory and it seemed to be like, essentially you're just doing it so you've got this bit of paper so that you might look a bit more credi- credible but there was nothing in terms of professional development really and and, and getting new clients and getting you actually out there supporting birds.
1: yeah but I don't know of any other organization that already has that like so we can give you clients because as soon as you train with us you register on our directory mm. and of course we're going to offer you work because when people call us and say well I need someone in this area or that area go yeah we've got this person you choose you meet up with several people and you and you pick who you align with you know and furthermore we don't charge extra for mentoring that's included so when you've done the course like the doula course or the one year course you have a mentor Mm -hmm. who's assigned to you through the first five births we give you debriefs one-to-ones that's all included but we don't ever leave you and like if you do our like four-day intensive doula course for example we don't just leave you after that oh you've learned off you go no we give you a lifetime education webinar every month so you can log in onto the zoom we might be talking about breech birth one month and trauma the next twins whatever it is so once you've done the four-day course your education will continue every month
0: Amazing. What is the investment for anyone who is interested in the Artemis Birth Attendant Academy?
1: The Artemis Birth Attendant Academy is £7,000. That's for 52 modules. That's a year and mentorship, everything included. And then the doula course is £999.
0: Okay. And when you say a year, is this what is, what's the sort of weekly hours?
1: So it's 52 modules. The modules vary. Some are four hours, some are an hour.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but it's all done online.
0: Right. So
1: you log in um you'll see the module you can't code to the next one until you've answered the questions to verify that you've understood the content then you can go to the next one then we've got two in-person training sessions a year with artemis and it doesn't matter where you are in the world we will come to you to make sure that you've got you know it's it's good to have in person um training you know and then um we also run a monthly student check-in on artemis so you can come and join the webinar. We'll take a Q and A.
0: Sounds amazing! Oh, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm already trained, but I want to do your course now.
1: <laughs> we've got we've got Gaston teaching on there. She's like been labelled the third best midwife in the world. So she's teaching about um, placentas and twins, breech birth. So understanding normality. We're not here to. We're not stealing anyone's thunder, like. <laughs> <laughs> obstetricians do obstetrician stuff women do stuff with women we are with women we're not interested in clinical yeah you know, we will hand it over but again our statistics speak for themselves well not that we yes. have a clear comparison because we're not serving hundreds and thousands of women yet we're serving hundreds it's different i understand that but i know our data will keep demonstrating that
0: yeah, absolutely. And this is why the next question I had for you is kind of moot now that I've heard your statistics, but I'll, I'll carry on because it's quite an interesting question. So um, it's wonderful that in this country, we're allowed to get on with our important work of attending women in birth with little to no harassment. I know that in the US and Australia, birth attendants get a lot more interference. Um, however, I also feel that partially because it is unregulated in the UK, um, doulas can be kind of hit and miss um like for me the number of doulas that I personally know who've debriefed a birth with me and they say oh it ended in a section and they feel awful and but they were, were powerless to really change the outcome um so do you feel that would doing would would regulated doula doulaing it's a horrible word you know what I mean be a good idea would it would it improve no capacity for doulas to no. No, a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> terrible idea. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's just more, more red tape, more restrictions for women to, to be given permission to do something with their body and have, I mean, in 2020, when I had Dottie, mm. the bloody gumption of them trying to tell me who I can have in my own home while giving birth because of COVID. No, yes. I don't need, we don't need more regulations of, of needing permission to perform a physiological process in mm. the surroundings of our
0: choosing and the people of our choosing no yeah. it's a terrible idea but then so how do we get I mean obviously the answer is probably get them doing your course but there's so it seems to be so many doulas out there who just become handmaidens of the obstetric industry you know they're, they're just as bad as midwives because so they're they're being paid and they're attending but they're not actually clued up enough or And and partly it comes from, you know, you can't demand something that your woman isn't demanding. So it's this idea of like advocacy, but your woman has to want it. It's what we were discussing about societal changes are needed before society will demand the type of maternity care that they can have. Uh, It's tricky because I I just, I feel very disheartened by the types of doulas I'm seeing out there because they don't seem to be, actually getting many the results that you are that you're
1: well where are they being trained is it red tape is it a love centered Mm -hmm. course is it teaching you self-development is it teaching you to live from love
0: yeah is it
1: not to be fearful
0: the only really regulated and i'm not sure if they still do it doula uk used to have something that sounds similar to what your course offers but it was like an additional paid thing and then you're a doula UK accredited doula but again that was very um, sort of regulated red tapey bureaucratic you know you had to pay this person to come and debrief your birth and tell you what you did well and what you did poorly and it's like well, who who made you the queen of doula
1: yeah we don't I can't comment on them I don't know it's none of my business um
0: mind your business you see see, I was (laughs) testing it there I was like let me see if I can drag her into some business she's got no mind in and no you didn't well done (laughs) none
1: of my business i just tell you what we we teach and um sounds amazing woman led on the course as well like yeah we've got a curriculum And if you go to the website, we actually are launching a new website soon. That's not quite ready yet. And it's going to be much better than when when we've got, because it's going to do more funky, cool things. But uh, until then, if you look at the website, you can see what the curriculum is. But we don't stick to a strict schedule because it's, look, we have to pay attention. As teachers, we have to pay attention to people's learning techniques. Are they, you know, visual learners? Are they kinesthetic? So I'm constantly, like, feeling the room as it were even though it's on zoom i'm trying to feel how people are learning so we will stray and go elsewhere we know we'll change our approach so everyone understands and we constantly say do you have any questions maybe they're not sure of the right questions to ask so we'll we'll say we'll do some um role play to see if you understand what's going on here and also we're not coming at this from we have all the answers because we bloody don't we're humans we're fallible we're just coming at this from an angle of what do we know and what can we do to make, because you know what, in these monthly Zoom meets, we end up learning more as teachers. So myself, Rachel, Angela, we end up learning more ourselves from other people's experiences and maybe think, oh, well, how how can we approach that next time and how can we come together to maybe change that outcome but then it's not about micromanagement you know you don't go into the birth world to think you can micromanage an outcome I want the woman to feel like this she doesn't feel like this this midwife doesn't feel like this I want the midwife to do that I want the consultants to do that forget it don't micromanage other people in your life because look there's a really good saying, an intelligent person thinks they can change the world. A wise person will go and change themselves and go within, right? So that's the idea of our course. We're like, we, we don't have all the answers. We're not here to go, this is our agenda. This is our agenda. You've got to feel like that. You've got to behave like that. So I can feel like this. No, that's micromanagement. You're, that's, you're
0: just feeling like that. Like, yeah. Just make yourself feel like it, regardless of what all of them are doing. yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. So you feel how you feel. You you uh, you understand your boundaries. You keep assertiveness, but as approaching people with kindness and love and no judgment. When you start bringing judgment into the room, you failed because any preconceived notions of oh, it should be looking like this. Yeah, I know. Obviously, if a woman starts bleeding hideously, there's a problem. But does that still mean you have to be fearful? Hmm. What does that mean she's bleeding? What can we do? Mm. Not that you as a doula are there to stop anyone's bleeding, but you can pick up the phone and call 999. And then, because you know so much about how human rights can be delivered within the maternity system, you can then advise your client, or sorry, provide them information to make informed decisions. Mm. So when your client is being told you've got to be induced, because you've got a big baby and your baby will experience a shoulder dystocia. So what we will teach you is again, it's not we are saving everything, with are the total opposite and we're the antidote if that. No, 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 we don't mean that at all. So we'll say, when push comes to shove, doula should say, okay, they're telling you that you've got to do this. It's not up to you to prove your body will not fail you. It's up to pr- them to prove it will so here are the right questions to ask them so you think my baby's going to get a shoulder associate because it's big first of all can you please define big Mm -hmm. second of all can you please answer um, what's your margin of error in scans to determine the size of a baby
0: when they answer that it's game over because you won the the argument this is like really bad isn't it
1: (laughs) and then you can ask what percentage of the induced babies at your trust will end up in the neonatal intensive care unit. Mm. what percentage of babies that have a shoulder dystocia were induced and what um can babies who are small experience a shoulder dystocia you know you have to answer ask these questions because here's the reality we've been so indoctrinated as women that the white coats have all the answers we're not here to say we've got the answers but we can certainly show you okay you trust these people totally understandable ask them this Mm. and then All they've got there is yet more information to make an informed decision. We're going to hope that they come back with the correct answers and the right evidence to back it up. Mm. So if they provide you with this information, then you can make more of an informed decision, can't you? Win-win. But we're not there to go, oh no, you shouldn't give birth at hospital because this, that and the other. Or no, you shouldn't give birth at home because it, no, that's not our business. What do you want to do? Here's some information. You know, and not everyone's capable of that, by the way, because we do have such thing as an issue with mental capacity. But that's when you take an entirely different approach, Mm. and but but it's not a one size fits all. It it doesn't work like that. I mean, the very first question you asked me was which model works.
0: Models don't
1: work. So we're human beings. We don't have a textbook, Mm. but the best guidance. And the best way anyone can help another human being is just showing up and being present without judgment. But finding that in the
0: maternity system these days is rare as rocking horse shit. Yes, indeed. Um, I feel smarter just sitting here talking to you. Like, (laughs) brilliant. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. I've got one last question. But yeah, I'm not even sure if it's relevant. Um, Respected obstetrician turned physiological birth advocate, Michelle O'Donnell has written a whole book on how our current system of birth <laughs> that we obviously have no interesting and it's not our business <laughs> um is having dire consequences on our society our children their health their development and it's largely due to the absence of this of the love and bonding hormones that our predecessors would have bor- been born with um he says that babies now so often being born without the presence of the labor hormones so you know they're they're being induced with synthetic drugs, and so they're not being bathed in their mother's endogenous hormones when they um, come earthside, is like a huge ticking time bomb in terms of like our capacity to love, to feel connection and empathy and bond with our family, to create and sustain lasting connections with others. How long has that been going on? Do you agree with Michelle O'Donnell? Do you see that these devastating results of this model already? Do you think we can recover it? And is it linked with and part of the transhuman agenda?
1: Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. I do. I do see. I do see it. But you know what? It's acknowledging the problem and then minding your own business. So, yes, we can see that's going to happen, but we are never going to be able to change anything or have the arrogance to think that we have an old ul- an ultimate end goal that it should look like this but yeah. just keep minding your own business stay in your own lane and do what you can from love that's the answer and there will be a ripple effect if we keep focusing on the problem and how much we don't want it like M- mother Teresa, she used to attend pro-peace rally she'd never attend an, an anti-war rally Mm -hmm. So the idea is uh, you focus on what you do want rather than what you don't want. Mm -hmm. If you keep feeding it, I don't want to see this in my life. I don't want to see this in the maternity system. Don't be surprised when it keeps showing up in one form or another. And that may not be in the form of strict guidelines. They may get rid of them, but it will show up in another form in one Mm -hmm. way or another, like the transhumanism thing. So basically the, the, the particulars are what's the word arbitrary they are arbitrary the particulars don't matter because we can't keep controlling all these external variables that are a direct consequence of our collective consciousness so instead focus on love and what you're doing in your lane and Mm. the byproduct of that will be more things of love yes possibly There is this transhumanism agenda going on that there is plenty of evidence to suggest that's what's happening. And like Michelle O'Don says, we will eventually evolve to lose the ability to give birth. Now, whether that happens or not, who who gets to call the shots? It's not me saying that can't happen. I don't want it to happen, but I'm not gonna keep focusing on, I don't want it to happen. I will keep focusing on what, is lovely and what feels right. Some some people maybe tell me because I'd like to meet you. Maybe it does sit right with you that transhumanism occurs. Maybe that feels right to you. I'd be interested to have a chat with you if that's if that's so. Mm. But again, mind your own business. Stay in your lane. Look, I'll give you the analogy. You you know you know the little internet trolls that yeah. sit in their parents' basement no. covered no. in Cheeto dust. Yeah, them ones. <laughs> Yeah. Like, so they, yeah. they scroll through and they're like, tap, 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 this is my opinion. This is my opinion. You're an arsehole because you're doing this and the other, right? What they don't realize they're doing is they're focusing on everything that they hate and they're focusing on fear and I don't like this and don't like that. And the, uh, the feeling, the byproduct they're getting is a feeling of fear in one way or another. It might be in the form of anxiety, it might be in the form of anger. And they're going to keep getting surprised when that feeling shows up in their life again and again in different forms. So, yeah, you can put your opinion in if you want, if you feel it's important. I always ask myself before I comment, who's this for? Mm -hmm. Is it for me or is it for them? Usually it's for me. And then I go, I don't need to do that. That's none of my business. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, who is this for? Is this going to be a huge conversation that we need to have? Is it an open dialogue? You can feel when someone is trying to prove they are right rather than let's have an open dialogue about this.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So just keep mindful of the fact that there is no particular one end goal. There's no one sitting there going, right, that's right. This should look like this. The idea is the correct approach, in my humble opinion. is just focus on you. Focus on what you can do for the world if you're waking up every morning saying where would you have me go what would you have me do how can i serve the world with love we've we've all been given just one job and that's to love that's it now in whichever form that comes in varies because some of us are musicians some of us are obstetricians some of us are midwives some of us are, are doing engineering or you know building skyscrapers what's your role we all know it's it's love but how are you going to do it
0: how we express that in your, yep. your body and in this lifetime?
1: Yeah. Every interaction. Is this coming from love? Or is this coming from fear? I mean, I've yet to meet someone that's perfected that. Maybe Eckhart Tolle. Not that I've met him. But maybe maybe he's he's got to that point of total enlightenment. Yeah. But um, it's just letting go of the fact that something should look like something. And just working on you. And giving people the opportunity to be empowered themselves you empower the people working in birth you will empower birth Mm -hmm. but if you keep them down and controlled and frightened well of course we're going to see byproducts of fear and more fear and it will keep manifesting in all sorts of horrible
0: ways yeah and i'm Seldom feel fear. I often feel anger. Is that just my way that fear presents? Do you think?
1: There's only two emotions, love and fear. And they all look like different things. So a loving feeling is joy, happiness, um, empathy. And then a fearful example of an emotions, anger. Um, so I can't be
0: angrily loving. <laughs> I can't be lovingly angry. <laughs> do you think you can? I I don't know. I feel like I could. Okay. Could. But
1: there you go. I'm not I'm not saying that's that's correct or wrong. But I don't
0: want to be del- like I feel like I could also delude myself into thinking that so that I can be angry without like worrying or consequence. So yeah, I'm not sure. I have to explore that a little more in my life.
1: I I can't remember the last time I had anger from love. Mm. I mean, I I could really make it a bit convoluted and think well i love my child so therefore my angry response was from love but no yes i may love my child the angry (laughs) response was from my fear of something bad happening to my child yeah so my me personally i'm not saying this is for you this that's for you to answer but Mm -hmm. my anger has never come from love my anger has come from fear yeah. everything i can't think of a time where i've gone oh i'm lovingly angry mm. i've i've been angry because i love someone or i think i love that person i don't want to see an injustice but the anger has come from my fear of the injustice not
0: from the love of that person yeah 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 no i was just, i was thinking i was thinking about you know your example it made me think about sometimes when i get into an argument with somebody on instagram about something i feel strongly about I'm angry and I am ang- I feel like I'm angry because they've got it so wrong. And because they're so wrong, they're actually causing harm and damage to the beautiful vision that I want our world to be. So I'm trying to work out if that. So are, you,
1: are you fearful of that, their vision coming to fruition or your yeah, vision? It's probably that.
0: Yeah. It's probably that I'm scared that they might get, enough people to believe their view and on side that their vision comes and mine doesn't so yeah I guess it is still but
1: that's fit. down to you is it not you can you can you can give that all the attention you like and then
0: <laughs> I wasn't minding my business was I, I wasn't minding my business <laughs> no but I look
1: Rain I totally get it right because sometimes I see things in the press about the maternity system and I'm like oh shit that's terrible but then I think do I really need to do this today? Do I really need to give that my energy, or just carry on doing what I'm doing over there?
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Here's how it works. Just imagine you've got um a glass of water, and you've got two different food colourings. Mm-hmm. And food colouring that is red is fear, and the blue is love. Right. Every drop of red will make that water more and more red and vice versa with the blue. So just imagine you are that food coloring, putting those little blips into the water. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Every time right. You've got that fearful. Oh, I don't want them to do that. Yeah, we know you don't want them to do that, but what do you want? And, and don't try and control anyone. Don't try and control anyone because you can't go into the system and say, midwife, you shouldn't be acting like this. Really, that's fearful. You're, look, we teach our kids this unknowingly. So when our children cry or say our children are misbehaving, you're like, shh, don't do it because it makes me feel like this. We're mm. doing the same to adults. You can't act like that because it makes me feel like this. Okay. Well, so what? We're telling the world about ourselves that we think everyone has to do a certain thing in order for us to be okay. Yes,
0: just that's not how the world works. I've never heard go
1: within. And when you go within, you become less and less focused on what Joe Bloggs is doing over there, and you just carry on doing what you're doing. Now that doesn't mean to say you don't fight injustice. I shouldn't use the word fight, challenge injustice. Exactly. That doesn't mean to say we sweep everything under the rug and go, No, that's not happening. Acknowledgement is different to ignoring. You know, you can acknowledge something and go, right, well, you know, that's life, right? We, how can we know what happiness is if we don't know what the opposite of happiness is? We have to acknowledge what the problem in inverted commas is in order to know what we want to do. And in order for us to know what we want to do, we have to know what we don't want. But giving that our attention and our energy, that's just gonna make it bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more red drops are gonna go into that glass.
0: Mm, Yeah it's a really good analogy actually because now I'm thinking even if my anger is from love if we're talking about anger as red dye I don't want to feel angry and to be full up with red dye or with anger because it doesn't feel good it's an it's it's an icky emotion it's not mm, I mean sometimes it's generative if you're depressed and you get to angry it's almost a little step up in the right direction I think from depression but it's it's definitely not joy and it's definitely not happiness and ecstasy so that's
1: not to say that you have to focus on feeling good all the time that's not the point of life you know the point of life is to feel polarity and you know I know what anger feels like because I know when I don't feel angry and that feels good Mm. so it's not to say oh no I'm ignoring those feelings oh shit I'm creating because I'm feeling like this no you're allowed to acknowledge what you're feeling you're a human being yeah the other day I was sitting there very angry with the world and I thought well I'm not going to try and stop it that's how I feel Mm. so I just sat with it now, where I do have to have control and mastery is over my thoughts. So if one thought can lead to more anger and more anger or more sadness, I'm like, no, I don't need to do that. That's bollocks. I don't need to play with this. Mm. You know, just change my thought. And if I can't change my thought into something positives, I will at least find neutrality and I will meditate. But that's not everyone's bag. You yeah. know, we don't always have to do that, but we can always find something. Like if you enjoy art or knitting or singing or dancing, that's meditation. Because while you're doing, those things you're doing nothing but those things Mm. and when you are focusing on just the thing you're doing at the time that's bloody meditation so at least be neutral but you don't have to keep entertaining your monkey mind and feeding it and feeding it this could happen this could happen yeah it could what's happening right now you know what do we tell our women in labor just be be Mm -hmm. be be that of an empty rice bowl as it says in buddhism
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh this has been fantastic thank you
1: you're welcome um <laughs> questions but I this is going to be well received or you know mixed messages here i think
0: we're going to be yeah it was a mixed bag wouldn't it <laughs> if nothing else um i think also what i'd like to do is do a little one minute silence for beverly that people can observe okay. so i will start that now and then i will say goodbye I think it's been a minute, hasn't it? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Thank As, you. Um,
1: yeah, I'm. I'm really glad you did that. Thank you, Rain. And um,
0: it'll be a nice touch because I'll try to get a nice little image to put up for the minute.
1: Oh yeah, I can send you some nice pictures. Yes, and if anyone watching wants something nice and well, positive to go and focus on after this, I wrote a song called Breathe Again. So look it up on YouTube. Oh, yes, please. I'll pop that in the show off. notes as well. Link. Midwives, women giving birth in the video. Um, yeah, Breathe Again, Nikita. Got on Sky News with that. Uh, really? <laughs> no one cared. No Fame one cared. at last. Fame at last. Oh, <laughs> well, no. They really didn't care. All they cared was at the time was COVID and the royal family. Birth's not important. But so, anyway...
0: I kept minding my own business. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have to call it mind your business. This episode. Yeah. You should. You should. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, my darling. We'll talk again soon. you right. Take care. Bye-bye.